Now, I, I don't know if uh, you would agree with this statement in totality, but I think most of us would. Uh, oftentimes, we don't know what to do with life's ups and downs. Whether that be the successes or the failures, whether it be the hopes or the fears or the dreams or uh, the, the highs or lows, we, we always don't know what to do with what comes to us. Sometimes we don't know how to handle our successes. We want to have confidence, to, but we don't want to come across as being arrogant or cocky or condescending. We, we don't know what to do when we're sitting on top, and we don't know what to do, think, or feel even when we're sitting on the bottom. But there is a book that is in the Bible that, in my opinion, is the best book that is out there in all of human history that can help take emotion of, of our minds, our hearts, and it can give us some words that can express oftentimes what we can't find words for. And that is the book of the Psalms. The book of the Psalms is a collection of Psalms. We are right now doing a study on Tuesday mornings. There's a class that meets in the second hour here. There's another one that meets uh, throughout the week. We're, we're taking some time to walk through various Psalms. Now, it's not an exhaustive study. We're not looking at every single Psalm that there is. Um, that would be quite an extensive study that would take uh, quite a bit more time than what we have. But we are making our way through and studying to see what does the Psalms have to tell us? What, what does it have to tell us about life, about the way it is, the way it should be, etc.? It is going very well. And those that are diving into the Psalms are seeing perhaps for the first time just how it really is the song book. It is the psalm book of life. Now, what is a psalm? A psalm, very simply put, is just a sacred Hebrew poem. Now, I use that word sacred to indicate that it is not something that is normal, routine. It is actually inspired by God, which we'll hit in just a moment. But it is a poem that is given by God to his people for the purpose of expressing through words and pictures oftentimes what we can't find words for. Some of these psalms were intended to be read. Most of them were intended to be sung. It is a sacred poem that is coming from God to his people. But whatever we want to say about the Psalms, here's what they are at the very least. Each Psalm is a prayer. It is a prayer of God. Now get this. It is a prayer of God, from God, to be given to God, for God. God takes all of the pressure off of us. So when life hits us at its normal speed, and it will hit us, highs, lows, etc., where do we go oftentimes to find language to how we express what it is that's going on inside of us to God? Go to the Psalms. The Psalms give us this language. See, the Psalms are God's prayers given to his people for all of life's ups and downs. Whereas we may not be able to navigate them all, we not be able to express them all, the Psalms, throughout the collective Psalms, give us every possible scenario and situation that we will face. It gives us words for that emotion. It gives us a prayer to pray to God. Can I just ask you this real quick? Do you feel as though you always know what to pray in each and every circumstance? Or do you ever find yourself coming before the Lord and saying, Ah, uh, 
Psalms help us. Because many of the psalmists were spending hours, days, weeks even saying, Ugh. and then the Holy Spirit came in, moved in in a unique way, inspired folks to give God's words to God's people, to be prayed to God, to be prayed for God. So get familiar with the Psalms. I promise you, you will not regret getting to know the Psalms. We said the Psalms are uniquely inspired. What does that mean? It means that in time and space, God breathed in some wording for people. He did not overpower them in terms of them becoming puppets. He used their personalities. He used their experiences, but in a special way, in a unique way, in the way that Genesis, all of the books of the Bible are inspired by God. I have been inspired to write things. I've been inspired to do some things but not in the same kind of way that we're talking about here, inspired words here. These, these are God-breathed words, poems that are given to him. Now, the Psalms are going to help us do at least three things. Since they are inspired uniquely by God, they're going to help us do at least three things in our life. Number one, they're going to help us to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. Paul tells us to do this. In the book of Ephesians, pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. There are all kinds of psalms that we'll see. Various titles that we could give to these specific types of, uh, of genres. There are royal psalms, messianic psalms, if you will. There are historic psalms. There are songs of lament. There are con con uh, psalms of confession, psalms of praise. The one that I'm looking most forward to is the Psalms called the Imprecatory Psalms. If you have not heard that term before, buckle up. You will love being in that section right there. Psalms in which the psalmist is praying, break the jawbone of the wicked. What in the world do we do with those psalms in our day and age? Why did God even put them in the Bible? They help us to pray on all occasions with all kind of prayers. Got, got something that you're trying to figure out how to pray for your enemy? Psalms show us. Got something you're trying to figure out to pray for your wandering child? The Psalms guide us. Got something that you're trying to pray for your mother on Mother's Day? Psalms got you covered. Confused about where to go in the future? Psalms can guide you. Helps us to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. It also helps us to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all circumstances. Paul again writes this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He gives us these instructions. Rejoice always. Not sometimes. Not most of the time. Not every time except rejoice always. Now what does rejoicing look like? Does it always look like, woohoo? No, it does not. Sometimes it looks very different than that. Rejoicing has to do with the internal characteristic. It's, it's the deep-seated God. We can rejoice always. We can pray without ceasing, meaning consistently. We don't stop. Even though we say amen, we keep coming back over and over again to prayer. And then it says to give thanks in all, or all circumstances. Psalms are going to show us how to give thanks in or during all things, 
Notice that it does not tell us to give thanks for all things. It says give thanks in all circumstances. And the Psalms guide us on how to do that. Finally, or at least rather the, the, the third way that we're bringing out today, it helps us to identify with Christ who prayed the Psalms. I am convinced this was Christ's prayer book. I am convinced that when he would get away and he would spend time in solitude, I, I'm, I'm convinced he would go to the Psalms, those that he had memorized, he would read, he would personalize it, he would turn these into prayer. Now, how cool would it have been if you were Jesus to know that every one of these Psalms is ultimately about you? And you get a chance to pray these very scriptures. It helps us to identify with Jesus who absolutely prayed the Psalms on a consistent basis. Now, just very quickly, we're only going to look at the first two Psalms. I know what you're saying. I know how you preach, David. There's no way you're getting through two Psalms in just 11 minutes. I really am because I've only got just a few principles to bring out from each one of these Psalms. This is an introduction. We're going to be spending the next five weeks after this or I'm sorry, throw in a week because we got a really cool thing happening in, in two weeks, which I'll let you know more about that next week. Um, uh, but we're going to spend uh, t- uh, six total weeks on the Psalms and looking um, at the different types, some of the different types of genre. But the collection of Psalms can be divided, or divided rather, into five books with an introduction, which is the first two chapters, and also with a conclusion, which is chapters 146 through 150. And the rest of the books are divided up into five particular sections. Psalm 1. For those of you that are physically able, would you stand in honor as we read Psalm 1? Reading today from the English Standard Version as opposed to the New International Version. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You may be seated. Now, just three observations here from Psalm 1 that I think will help be helpful and guide us um, throughout this series. Th- these psalms are designed to let us know what the book is going to be about, and it's designed to set us off on the right course in order to know how to read and experience the book of Psalms. Three observations about Psalm number 1. Number 1, a blessed man does not get direction in life from the philosophy of the world. This will not be up on the screens. I'll say it again. The blessed man does not get direction in life from the philosophy of the world. He is friendly with the world. He, she, and they're using that, he is in mankind here. He is friendly with the world. He is winsome with the world. He, He wants to develop good friendships with the world, but he does not get his direction in life from the philosophy of the world. Number two, a blessed man gets his direction instead from the Word of God. A blessed man gets direction in life instead from the Word of God. Notice what it says in here. It says, blessed the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of wicked, he doesn't stand in the way of sinners, he doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers, meaning that's not the orientation of his life, but 
It says, verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight. The place where he puts intentionally his hope, his joy, his security, his stability, all that goes into the law of God. It's into the word of God. He sets the course of his life according to the direction of God. How often does he think about it? Day and night, he's meditating on the law. He studies God's word. He reads God's word. He meditates on God's word. He is seeking to put God's word into practice. Blessed is the man who doesn't listen to the philosophy of the world and say, yep, that's the direction I'm going to go. But instead, he listens to the word of God. He says, yes, that is the direction that I want to go. Blessed is that man. What does that word blessed mean? It means happy. It means content. It means deeply satisfied. Third observation about Psalm number one is this. A blessed man keeps growing spiritually. Look what it says here in verse three. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season. Now let me point out the obvious. A tree doesn't immediately start bearing fruit the moment it is planted. You don't put a tree in the ground and immediately fruit just starts popping out. Hot diggity. There's some oranges and grapefruits and apples. This is great. I just planted this orange grove yesterday and already I can feed a small nation. It's not how it works. You put it in the ground and then it has to have sun. It has to have good soil. But what else does it have to have? Water. Blessed is the man who is planted by this source of water. Blessed is the man, get this, who is by a stream of water. That sound familiar anywhere? Remember when Jesus was meeting with this particular woman? He's talking about worship, and she's talking about worship, and she's talking on, on this level. Jesus is talking on this level. He's talking about deep soul satisfaction. He says, you're going to, be, you're going to have this, this, this well of living water. It's going to, it's going to rise up, and that's, that's a, a paraphrase I'm giving. He says, streams of living water, they're going to be eternal. They're never going to stop. Blessed is the man who is planted by a stream of water. Right away, Psalm number one is letting us know, blessed is the person who associates themselves with Jesus. He's going to prosper in all that he does. Thank you so much, Pastor. That means that I'm going to have health always. I'm going to have wealth always. I'm never going to have hard times come because the psalm tells us that he's going to be blessed in everything. Correct? No. He's going to spiritually prosper in everything that he does. What does it mean to spiritually prosper? It means that no matter what the circumstances are in life, that person is going to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You get planted by Jesus, you're going to prosper. The rest of Psalm 1 tells us you don't, you won't. Psalm 2, Psalm uh, chapter 1 tells us that blessed is the man who delights in the law of God. Psalm 2 is going to tell us that blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us 
burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his, in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord has said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends your, uh, of the earth your possession. You shall break them with the rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potted vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in his way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Chapter 1 tells us, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. Chapter 2 tells us that blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord. Why? Just three very quick observations about chapter 2. Number one, it is utterly foolish to oppose the Lord. You can try. It will not go well for you in the long run. It is so foolish that the Scripture tells us that God actually laughs. He scoffs at those who make an attempt to overthrow his reign and rule. It is like the Cub Scouts doing everything within their power to overthrow the special forces. And even that analogy is woefully inadequate. Number two, the Lord will overcome all opposition. God is slow to anger. He is abounding in love. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished. And number three, blessed is the man who surrenders to the Lord. It's foolish to oppose the Lord. The Lord will overcome all opposition. And finally, blessed is the man who surrenders to the Lord. All I can tell you is this. According to the scriptures, and I can testify in my own personal life, just give you that anecdotally, I have never regretted those moments in which I have surrendered to the Lordship of God, of Christ. When I have said, I want to bow the knee of submission to you, I want you to have reign and rule in my life, that is where I have experienced the greatest amount of happiness, of joy, of peace, contentment, of deep-seated satisfaction. When I have tried to walk away from him, to do things my way, in my time, for my name's sake, it has never gone well. It may have gone well in the short term. It has never gone well over a period of time. P.T. Forsyth wrote this, The first duty of every soul is to find not its freedom, but its master. The first duty of all of our souls is not to try and first find our freedom. It is to find our master. Because according to the scriptures, when we find our master Jesus, then our souls will finally and fully be free. Where are you today? When you look at these first two psalms, an introduction to the psalms as a whole, when you think about how it is that you can express all of life's ups and downs to God, where do you go to to find hope? If you will turn to the Psalms, I am convinced you will find a language for your soul and you will experience an intimacy in prayer that you may not have ever experienced before. Let the Scriptures guide you. Let them guide you in the direction of your life, the orientation of your life, and let them guide you in your prayers. And you will find rest. You will find peace. You will find joy. And you will be blessed.
Oftentimes, we don't know what to do with life's ups and downs. The Psalms are God's prayers given to his people for all of life's ups and downs.